straight up from the Council of Chalcedon. What, what? Whole, fully human and fully divine? No? No Chalcedon? I, I mean, is that how you pronounce it? I've yeah. never heard anyone say it. That's the thing. I've only read it. Chalcedon. Okay. That's how I've always said it. I'll cut that part out because... What? what? No <laughs> you just nerded out. What's up, Chalcedon? Right. If you're repping Chalcedon, can I get a what, what, what? Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister here at St. Paul's. And usually on the podcast with us is our digital resource curator, Jackie Pippin, the Reverend Jackie Pippin. Yes lives in Japan, but she is unable to be with us this morning, though I'm sure she is listening to this right now. So we wanted to say hi to Jackie, and uh, we look forward to having Jackie back next week. Come back! Um, But she sent us her reflections for the gospel this week, so she will still have her input heard, and um, so we're going to get to the gospel in just a second. So like every week, all the Faith to Go resources, which are found at stpaulcathedral.org slash faith to go, are based on the gospel for Sunday. This Sunday is the fifth Sunday of Lent and year B. And so, again, we're still in John, and that's uh, John chapter 12, verses 20 to 33. So what we're going to do is listen to the gospel verse, which Maya is going to read, and then we're going to highlight three different points from the gospel that we hope uh, you incorporate into your conversations this week. So Maya's going to read John twelve twenty to 33. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to the, that that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, "An angel has spoken to him." Jesus answered, "This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out." And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all my pe- all people to myself. Thanks, Maya. Thanks, David. So, you're welcome. So uh, this is from the 12th chapter of John. And what is usually helpful is to get some context because we do in the lectionary jump around so much. Uh, we've been in chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 1, chapter 8. So today we're in chapter 12. And this is the last, just before this, Jesus had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So this, if you're placing that in your liturgical year, that is Palm Sunday. So 
Jesus just had his Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, entry into Jerusalem, his final entry into Jerusalem for uh, the feast of the Passover. And that happened just before this. So when it says, now among those who went up to worship at the festival were, were some Greeks, that's some the people that were going up to Jerusalem to worship for uh, the Passover, which we mark during Holy Week. Um, and is right before the crucifixion. So Jesus is, this is Jesus's last time addressing like a large crowd of people, like his last public talking. Everything after this is intimate conversations with his disciples or in prayer, and then conversations with Pontius Pilate and the like Roman authorities and Jewish authorities, and then the crucifixion. So this is like his last big, he talks about his death a whole lot, but like this is his like last big public, this is what's going to happen and this is why, before he goes off into his more kind of intimate conversations and leading up to his death. Um, So the, another thing, just like some geographical information, you hear the, it referred to as going up to Jerusalem a lot. If you look at a map, Jerusalem is pretty much south of everywhere that Jesus usually goes. So Jerusalem's like the furthest south that anybody usually goes in the Gospels. So it's not like going up, like going north, but it's the idea that uh, Jerusalem, if you look at it, is on top of a hill. Mm. So if you're going up to Jerusalem, it means that you're like going right. like if higher above sea level right. to Jerusalem. You're going up the hill to Jerusalem. I'm going to Alpine, and I'm right. not going to Oceanside. Right. Like okay. if we said, I'm going up to Poway, that that's makes sense because we're going up. north. There is a mountain there, so that's kind of misleading. But. Also true. But it's not about the direction that they're going. It's about the fact that they're going higher Altitude. rather than down into a valley. They're going up to Jerusalem. Oh. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, um, Maya... Yes. What is one thing that you want to focus on from the gospel reading for this week? The wheat. It was wheat, right? Or it was a grain? It was a grain of wheat. Okay. It was was more specifically wheat. Okay. Well, I just thought that was very interesting. I had to ask David about how wheat works. But I trust Jesus on that is how it works. Where he says that line. The line is, um, the hour has come the son of man to be glorified very truly i tell you unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains just a single grain but if it dies it bears much fruit right so he says that and it's just very interesting because yeah if you think about it when you just have wheat that's just wheat by itself then you that it's just a single grain but in order for it to become a new crop and a new harvest, it has to, you know, basically what he had said, which was it has to die and it gets, you know, it grows again into a new harvest. And so this is very symbolic of, you know, Jesus's death. Well, I like it because it, it talks about, it's Jesus pointing to the uh, pattern of life and death and then resurrection, not just in him, what like his individual person is gonna um go through but that it is that the revelation of life death, and resurrection isn't just through him but through like all of the created order right you and know? i think about how i don't have a wheat plant where it's just one stalk of wheat mm-hmm. in a pot mm-hmm. no there are fields and lots and lots and lots and lots of stalks or mm-hmm. plants of wheat yeah 
And so, you know, everyone's going to do this. And it's not just going to be me, but he's illustrating it in a way that they would understand. So, Yeah, that that's exactly right. And so it's not just, oh, Jesus is just talking about himself. Yes, he's going to embody this process of being broken open, dying, and new life coming out of him. But it's not that Jesus is the only source it's not that Jesus dies and then Jesus is our only source of new life or but something. But the only way to do it is for us to be literally crucified. Yeah. For us yeah. to fall. We, when he says, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take up your cross and follow me, he doesn't, mm-hmm. like, it's not literal. Like, yeah. yeah I, so I'm not saying, yeah, and I'm not saying that Jesus isn't a source of new life, however yeah. you want to understand that. But, like, it's not, I'm doing this so that you don't have to. Exactly. It's yeah. like we're all being invited on this journey so that we all can think of ourselves as this grain of wheat. Right. Where like we go through our lives kind of wanting our first instinct is to like protect ourselves, to have this hard shell on the outside of this tender part on the inside. But Jesus says that's not life. Mm-hmm. Like you're if that's how you exist in the world, that is the person who loves their life. If you love that life, so much you're gonna lose it because that's not actually life and vulnerability in the first place. hurts like yeah. vulnerability you know it makes you be vulnerable and it, mm-hmm. it when you have that tough exterior shell it's very easy to be comfortable and where you're at mm. but it to be vulnerable you know and of course that's what jesus is saying like yes be vulnerable be mm-hmm. broken but it's hard and so when you say those who hate their lives because mm-hmm. yeah it can be extremely difficult to be you know open to brokenness basically mm-hmm. Yeah, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And it's not so much, man, I hate my life. It's yeah. like I know I am I like am aware of the fact that this little cocoon of mine that I think is life is an illusion. And I love what I actually love is giving up my this illusion of life for what ultimately is eternal life, which is like life in resurrection. There is something it's like so scary, but also true and beautiful. And the idea that there's something more than just my small self that like the, the thing that I think that I am, i actually have like infinite depth and truth and like infinite have this life. amazing union with God that I can't really get to until I let go and let that like outer shell part die away. And all, there are so many things that come up in life that like give us the opportunity to do that. And Jesus tells us this and then like so much of creation models it this the grain that it like if a a grain is just sitting in your hand yeah it will continue to exist like unimpeded for a long time but it's not actually giving life it's not realizing its fullness of life until it's put in the ground buried and breaks open and the vulnerable part of it is exposed to the nutrients and the water and the sunlight, and it actually starts to grow. Like a lotus plant. And then it gives life to something else, and it feeds people. And, it's and it like, could be infinite, though. It, yeah. It, it could last, I mean, I don't know if that's, like, I don't know how wheat works, but, but you know, the fact that what you had said about there's infinite love and abundance within me, it's like, and there's infinite life mm-hmm. that, I am, that I am able to get mm-hmm. and that I'm able to give others mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, I love that. So the next one is Jackie's, and her she wanted to highlight verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. 
So Jackie wanted to say that uh, Jackie likes this verse because of the notion that Jesus is troubled yet ready to do what God has ordained. And she thinks that this verse speaks to what it means for Jesus to be wholly human and wholly divine. And then she goes on to say that she loves that Jesus is troubled because it's so human. It's relatable and makes him a tangible human being. And reluctant. Yeah. But, but then for him to trust in what God has laid out shows Jesus figuratively, figuratively and literally taking up his own cross and leading by example for us today. So that verse that she's talking about, Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. So this hour, what Jesus is talking about, again, is the hour is the time of his impending death, which he seems to very clearly understand how is going to how and what is going to happen. Um, and then he also knows that the hour involves that death, but also the resurrection, I, I'm assuming, uh, yeah. and the ascension. He's like, whoa, this is cool. And interestingly, the, the, the um, epistle for this Sunday, the other New Testament reading, uh, is from Hebrews. And in Hebrews, though it's not the specific reading for this Sunday, but so, there's a place in Hebrews where it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It was like, yes, Jesus knew the pain and suffering that was going to happen, but was also very clear about the joy that stood on the other side mm-hmm. and this joy that can grow from sorrow, like the the resurrection that grows from death. And and so, yeah, but it's set, it's, it makes it it's so wonderful. I, what I hear Jackie pulling out of this and what I what I see in there, too, is like, Jesus isn't saying, hey, you guys, just listen to me. It's going to be fine. He's right. like, no, it actually is really still hard. No matter how much you know that there's going to be transformation and joy and resurrection on the other side, being vulnerable, letting the grain die, that death is going to hurt. It's really going to hurt. That's what I was thinking. That yeah. it's like, and being uncomfortable mm-hmm. and knowing and going out of our comfort zone. So obviously there's a difference between I'm going to die, but when we go out of our comfort zone, when we are vulnerable, yeah, it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. It's going to not be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, but we're going to do it right. Because we have faith that mm-hmm. it'll be okay. But mm-hmm. that, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make it any less difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm fine. God's mm-hmm. got me. It's right. like, no, I mean, it doesn't feel like that all the time. Yeah. And when, and then when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he feels like God has forsaken him. Then yeah. And Pema Chodron, do you know her? She's a Buddhist monk in Canada. Can't say I do. And she, she's written um, books mostly for like a Western audience about Buddhism. And she talks about this thing. I've been thinking about it today. It's called, uh, she refers to it as the big squeeze. Is like when you're feeling that like tension of life, that frustration that comes from vulnerability and that discomfort like you're talking about. What we want to do is, like, push it away or, like, pretend that it's not there or make it really black and white and solve the issue. And she's like, no. The whole point is to be squeezed, is to, like, stay in the tension and let it mold you and form you and transform you. That's how diamonds are formed. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is saying is, like, it's like this is – he's saying, "Uh, yeah, my soul is troubled. I am so sad. I am hurting. And I'm just going to stay here and keep walking this path. It's kind of like the bronze snake, where you have to look directly into the eyes of mm. an experience, very directly, uncomf- discomfort, tension, mm-hmm. pain, sorrow, to be given new life. Mm-hmm. You have to look exactly what's going to kill you in the eyes. 
and before it does and know that like we don't have a lot of control over this process but what we can like what our thing to do is is just to stay there as much as we can and be present with it and look right at it and know that there's something more but also not be able to just be comforted by the fact that there is something more you know, there's like this tension of being discom- but, uncomfortable. Yeah, because you take control of it. You're not mm-hmm. running away from it. You right. have the power. So, um, I think like that... something Eckhart Tolle would say. <laughs> what I just said, the power of now. The power of now. He's right on. So, the next... The part that I wanted to highlight is is after that. And it's... Um, there's so much to talk about. There's so much we could talk about in these 12 verses uh, or 13 verses. But these very last three verses... From 31 to 33. Now, this is Jesus talking. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Whoa. So, there's a few, there's like two different things, I think, here. And they and they go together. Yeah. The great squeeze, I think, of, like, drawing to me. Kind mm. of like a hug, but, like, squeezing you. And you're like, let go of me. Like, when yeah. you're, like, a relative hugs you for too long and mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable, but you know it's because they love you. That's awesome. That Jesus is, like... Literally pulling yeah. you in. And you're just like, uh-uh, mm uh, uh, uh. Well, that's interesting. So, like, so when, it, when I first read, and I will be lifted up, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. The first thing I thought of was the ascension. Right. But then I remembered from last week, it talks about Jesus Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must I be lifted up. And so, and and then it says at the end here, he said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. He's talking about the resurrection here. Oh, because when so, he said lifted up, I thought he meant like venerated. Right. And I think... Based on those two things, it's when I am lifted up, as in lifted up on the cross. Right. You know, like that's not how a cross goes up is like you like lift it. Right. Or the fact that he will not be touching the earth. Yeah. Like when I am like lifted up to be put on the cross, I will draw all people to myself. Um, and, and that now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And it doesn't say the rulers of this world, like Caesar or the Roman authorities or whatever. Jesus is talking about, like, one ruler of this world. Of the world. Right. And so it's, like, an, one, one way that some people have uh, interpreted that is that Jesus is talking about the devil, like, this, like, embodied, incarnate version of evil. Death and darkness. Is- but, yeah, I, I think it's more than that. I think it's, I think the ruler of this world is that illusion of the little cocoon that we feel like we have to stay inside of to be safe. Yeah, so the idea is, to me, is that it's bigger than just saying, oh, the devil or evil. To me, like, the ruler of this world, like you were just saying, death and darkness or whatever, is like this, I, this illusion that we have to stay within our little grain of wheat in order to be okay. Like that, that rules us in a way that like fear or that feeling that we have to be that ha- we have to like protect ourselves in order to be okay. When really Jesus is inviting us to something more than that. So uh, those are the three things that we were hoping we're hoping everyone will highlight. Uh, the first one, just to do a quick wrap up. The first one is um, about the grain and that it's important to be vulnerable 
and to be able to be vulnerable with one another and to walk with our hearts open to the possibilities and to stay, uh, to stay that way. Um, and that, there is, that, that will lead to life, that, you know, that is our choice to make. Um, Jackie's, the second one, is about being in that discomfort and, and like being able to stay there, uh, being in that big squeeze. And Jesus showing that that is definitely going to be the way that it's going to be because that's how it was for him. It's going to be uncomfortable when we grow, um, but it's okay to be in places of discomfort. And I think those are really cool conversations to have with kids because there are so many places of discomfort along our, in, in our whole lives and especially as we're developing as young people. And then the final one is about um, Jesus being lifted up and this idea that what is the ruler of our world? You know, mm-hmm. what is the ruler of my world? Well, a lot of the time it is my own, like, fear. What motivates me. Yeah. Like, and what, and it's like Jesus is saying that ruler of the world isn't really the ruler at all. That's an illusion, you know. What, how are we, how are we, um, how are we building on that illusion that we have to stay in our little cocoon, in our little grain to be safe and not letting ourselves Right. Uh, be transformed. Like, am I living to am I living to escape death, or am I living to live? Right, right. So, uh, having heard uh, the discussion and those three things, Maya is going to read the scripture one more time, and then we'll uh, close things out. Round two. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who is from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, "Sir, we wish to see Jesus." Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowds standing there heard it, and said that it was thunder. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. Okay, thanks, Maya. Um, So we hope you have great conversations this week um, with the resources, which you can find on www.stpaulcathedral.org. You can also sign up for our weekly email with all of the resources in it uh, at that page. You can follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast if, if you aren't already. And rate and review us on iTunes. And we'll be back in your feed next Sunday morning for Lent 6, the final week of Lent before Easter. Thanks, Maya. Thanks, David. And thank you, Jackie, for from afar. We look forward to talking to you next week. Yeah. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye.